on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Our focus is on the process, looking at the big picture and developing the roadmap to get from where you are today to where you want to be. Planning for a sale or transition of a business is far more complicated than finding a buyer and setting a sale date. We now know details on the new rules for unemployment benefits in Iowa. And in our business profile, we'll hear about the coaching required to help leaders lead. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of December 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. It may seem simple. You've decided it's time to retire or move on to something else. So you find a buyer and sell your business. But to maximize the value of the business and lessen any adverse impact on current employees and the community, planning should take place. Last month, we began a conversation on the topic with Deborah Giruso, who works with businesses in transition and with succession planning as part of Advance Iowa. As we resume the discussion, we address the fear that some business owners have about discussing a transition plan because it may tip off competitors. The exit plan is not something that is communicated to everyone. It's communicated to those who need to know. And it's certainly working with your professional advisory team, whether it's your CPA for accounting and tax purposes, your attorney for legal documents. They need to be involved. And I would also recommend that your financial advisor is involved because one of the issues that a business owner deals with when they exit is that they go from being a business owner to an investor. They have spent their life in a business where they generate cash flow from that business and that cash flow provides lifestyle for them. Now they're selling the business and most likely they're receiving a large amount of cash at one time. Or maybe it's spread over a few years. But now that cash has to be invested to create annual cash flow to support lifestyle. And that's a transition. So that requires involvement with the financial advisor, their wealth advisor, to assist in what are you going to do with those investments? And it changes that business owner's role. They're no longer a business owner, they're an investor. And that is a transition as well. And everything we've talked about has been, for lack of a better phrase, clinical, right? You can see it on a flow chart. Yes. But then when you put real-life humans and real-life personalities and where there may be workplace dynamic relationships where, well, I hired this person 30 years ago, well, now the roles reverse. And heaven forbid it's a family member and now you have new dynamics. That's why a plan is so important to account for the distinctiveness of the human interactions. That's right. And you may have key employees that are not going to buy the business, but the expectation of the new owner is that those key employees stay. 
and they may not have the same loyalty to that new owner. And that new owner doesn't necessarily have loyalty towards them. So those are absolutely issues. And that's part of the process and planning is identifying who are the key employees and what can you do as a business owner to encourage and provide an incentive for those key employees to stay. Because part of the value of the business for the new owner is that those knowledgeable employees remain on staff and not leave and go to a competitor or start their own firm. So that's part of the exit plan too, and not necessarily one that you think of necessarily when you say, well, what's involved in an exit plan? I decide when I'm going to sell, how much I'm going to sell for, and who's going to buy it. Well, what do I need to do to also ensure that my key employees Maybe it's the plant manager who started out in the mailroom and is now the plant manager after 30 years. How do I make sure that that key employee has buy-in? And I've provided, as a business owner, the incentive for that employee to, to stay committed. And it can be the person selling, writing into the contract with the person buying. Mm-hmm. A certain term of employment guarantee for certain key people to make sure that they're protected But yet, I imagine if I'm buying the business, that does give me a little more protection, too, because I've I've extended that offer and shown. Absolutely. And so part of that can be incentives for those employees that they stay for the first two, three years of the transition, and there is an incentive bonus. So if someone is listening to the conversation and they're thinking, well, I really am too busy running my business day-to-day to to think about that stage of it. But I know I should, but I have no idea where to start. And it also seems to me there may be people who don't do the planning because they just don't know where to start. Well, you've got a pretty good idea of where they can start, at least to get information. Absolutely. And so I would encourage that business owner to reach out to Advance Iowa to contact us via phone, via email, or via social media, and to recognize and know that that is a confidential call to speak with probably myself or someone who's working specifically on the business ownership transitions, the secessions, and we would be happy to talk with that business owner about what is next. What kind of steps can you take early on? And I very much enjoy when a business owner calls me and when I ask, when do you want to sell? And the response is, "Mm, maybe three, five years, somewhere in that time frame versus, well, I'd like to sell as soon as possible. Because as opposed to, I know somebody who's made me an offer. Now, what do I do? Yes. (laughs) And and certainly we've had business owners contact us that have a potential buyer and they want some guidance and assistance in how to make that happen. And we're happy to do that. Sure, But Uh, it's not optimal for the reasons we've discussed. Well, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. When we have time on our side, Mm -hmm. we can also be looking at the business and identify opportunities to make the business more valuable in the next three to five years. There are things that you can do to improve operations, to tighten things up, to improve a process so it's more attractive to a potential buyer as well as identify those key employees and make sure that they're being offered incentives 
to promote, grow, and stay with the business. I imagine there are probably people who call and say, I have no plans to sell. I have no plans to retire. But what do I need to do to make it easier? And you might not have another contact from them for three to five years. But that's a perfectly acceptable and recommended thing so that they can take their own temperature with your guidance. And then when they do come back, then they have given you much more to work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we can provide them with some information that can help them think about the process that they need to focus on Mm -hmm. in the future. And so we are very happy to, to do that. We're happy to talk to any business owner and to provide some framework of what's available, what services that we can offer. And if now is the time, great. If not, we'll be around tomorrow and the next day. And we'll be happy to talk to that business owner at any point in time. And in the meantime, some of the things that we offer on a regular basis are education meetings, education webinars, et cetera, to Just make business owners aware that Advance Iowa is offering secession planning and be there to help the business. The owner can grow and see the business thrive. Really help them hit their potential and phone calls free. That's right. The phone (laughs) call is free. (laughs) There's no reason to not have the conversation. Exactly. We're here to be available for businesses especially on a topic that they're not so sure where to turn. Many of their advisory team, their professional team, focus on specific transactions. Our focus is on the process, looking at the big picture and developing the roadmap to get from where you are today to where you want to be at a specific point in the future. Deb G. Russo of Advance Iowa. To learn more about the topic, go online to AdvanceIowa.com. Still to come, jobless benefits will change in the new year and taking time for executives to improve. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa. Sponsors of a webinar on December 29th called, Why Do I Need to Plan My Business Exit? For more information or to register, go to AdvanceIowa.com slash events. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from Iowa History Journal. The November-December issue features stories on legendary educator Phoebe Sudlow, 175 years of Iowa statehood and a cyclone who ran Monsanto. Get your copy at Fairway, hy and at iowahistoryjournal.com. We told you previously that changes to Iowa's unemployment process were being considered. Details of the plan were announced this past week. State officials say the changes are designed to get unemployed Iowans back to work more quickly. Under the new program, which takes effect the week of January 9th, Newly unemployed individuals must conduct four work searches per week. That's up from two. In addition, the number of work searches that qualify will be reduced from 27 to 12. And newly unemployed individuals must work on the job search with an Iowa Workforce Development case manager 
Previously, those services were not immediately available to a person. The new program initially will apply only to those filing a new unemployment claim. It will then expand to those who have been receiving unemployment benefits for 13 weeks or more. State figures show there were 1.54 million Iowans working in October, the highest number yet this year, but that's still nearly 54,000 fewer workers than in January 2020, shortly before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Coming up, leadership is a skill that requires attention and development. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, leading successful business, innovation, growth, and transitions. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. The Iowa Business Report is also presented by TotallyIowa.com, a website dedicated to Iowa topics. Books, DVDs, CDs, radio programs, and more, all at TotallyIowa.com. In our business profile this week, we focus on leadership development by reintroducing you to Mike Kleiss of Renaissance Executive Forums of Iowa. He is based in Pella. I'm really a generalist, and so when, when I am at my best and most helpful for people, it's recognizing that uh, there are times when uh, a CEO, business owner, feels stuck or feels stuck and alone. That's the double whammy there. And so if either one of those things are in place, I'm alone or I'm stuck, that's typically where I'm able to help them. I can get them unstuck. Oftentimes that means I can give some general guidance, provide some framework or something that might help them along the way or get them connected to a resource that really hits the spot for them. But when they're alone, oftentimes that's where it comes down to, I'm a part-time therapist in some ways. I, I listen. And sometimes somebody else just has to sit with somebody else and listen to them, hear what's going on, help them process a little bit. And so that idea of no CEO should be alone or the worst case, alone and stuck. And so that's really where I come in as a, as a generalist and I just help facilitate them getting unstuck and getting connected. I don't mean to simplify it, but is it to some degree a matter of a person from the outside who has seen a lot of different organizations, seen how people work with each other and with the marketplace, someone from the outside coming in, being able to have the aha moment that those who are working in it every day are too close to and can't, in essence, see the forest for the trees? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a real reality for it. And there's a, there's a second part of that. So yeah, as our focus is narrowed and we're in it, we have a hard time seeing the whole picture sometimes. And so there's that. Gosh, there's, there's a, a second part of this, Jeff, where um, as people are inside it, they're pretty passionate and emotional even. And so there is an opportunity for somebody from the outside to be much more dispassionate about something and, and help them see or distill what's going on. I'd spent about 21 years at Pella Corporation, Pella Windows and Doors. And uh, the last role I was in, I got to work with our independent distribution, which was a collection of 
about 50 independent, small, mid-sized businesses. I just loved working with them, enjoyed it, and found I had more of a, a passion for that size business than working inside a great big business. And so when I had the opportunity, I wanted to make the move and I, I found an opportunity to make the move. And so I just went independent and said, I'm just going to start doing coaching and consulting with small and mid-sized businesses. That's the part that that intrigues me. And, and I'll tell you, as I talk to so many people, whether it's Vermeer or whether it's a small business owner, they're very different, but there's a spark or something that leads people to have the confidence to say, this is what my passion is, this is what I want to do. Where did that come in for you? At what point did you have the realization that this is what was going to make you professionally and personally happy? Uh, it, it probably was the, the last four years of doing this under the umbrella of Pella Corporation, which was a great umbrella to be underneath, right? And so I, I was underneath that umbrella and just found myself drawn to, I want to be in the field. I want to be working with these size businesses. And as my team grew and, and my role grew, I was getting to do less of that and found myself missing that, missing that. And that was kind of the thing like, well, I enjoyed it. Now I'm not getting enough of it. I got to go do this. And so then it was really a, a question of when and trying to decide when I, I stewed about it for a long time. I probably could have picked a better time. I did it in 2009. Well, wasn't a booming economy at that point, but nonetheless, it felt like it was the time for me to do it. And I, I don't know if I can pinpoint anything other than just say it was that gut feel just says, I got to go try now. Sometimes we come to the realization that bigger isn't better or just higher up isn't better. And, and fortunately, I get to spend time with a lot of uh, business owners and CEOs that have recognized that and really are, are spending their time kind of making things the way it works best for them and the way that they can enjoy it most. And so I have a lot of admiration because there is the temptation to go bigger or that's got to be better, right? And I'll tell you, a lot of people have recognized it's not necessarily for them. It is for some folks. There's pride of authorship, there's territory, there is the sense of being threatened if someone doesn't like your creation. I suppose all of those things become noise that you have to cut through in order to actually get the process to be functioning as efficiently as it can. Yeah, the, and there is, a, there is a challenge that sometimes when we're in the middle of our challenge that we're working on, we, we do believe we're the only ones facing this unique scenario. And in a lot of ways, it is truly unique to, to that person because of the individuals and things, but there are lots of parallels. And sometimes just helping somebody see uh, another parallel or another scenario that, that might be analogous to what they're going through can open up the possibilities that says, yeah, what I created isn't necessarily ugly, but, but, but it could be more beautiful, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? How can you measure success in what you do? There's a part of this that can be quantified, but it seems like there's an awful lot of it that is, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it's intangible. The client has to feel like it helped them get somewhere. So how do you measure success yourself? Well, one example would be uh, when we went in, in a CEO peer group, when I'm facilitating a group of CEOs together, uh, there is a feedback right at the end of the session. 
it, it is a, it, it's a go around the room quickly. What was your best takeaway? And if I get some flat takeaways, like, uh, you know, it was good to see everybody. Okay. That maybe that's okay. But if it was, Oh, when we talked about my challenge, I got four things. I am ready. I am dialed in. Uh, those you can monitor the feedback, but they also give me a rating at the end of a session too, or how did the session go? And, and we get a one through 10. So we get a chance to get some quantitative mm -hmm. <laughs> assessment of as well of, of did it work or not. I think somebody would rather hear it from a peer than hear it from me <laughs> it, it, because it resonates more. Um, there's a direct experience there that I can relate. It, it's a, a bit of a double-edged sword. There are times where I may be engaged or a group is engaged in one person's challenge that we're working on and they get done with it. And that person who got some insights and some expertise that was lent to them, uh, they feel really good. But somebody else in the room might be sitting there going, you know, I was feeling kind of sassy here listening to Joe talk about this uh, and Sarah talk about this. But now I'm sitting there going, I wonder if I need to go back and check on this, right? And so there's learning even in other people. So it's very much a two-way thing that becomes really powerful. Best thing about what you are doing professionally right now is what? The best thing is uh, I get to find out about so many interesting businesses and stories of how people got into their chair. It is fascinating and uh, just, I can't wait for the next meeting to sit down with somebody and say, oh, to tell me how you got in this chair. And it's just fascinating the stories. Love it. Mike Kleiss is president and owner of Renaissance Executive Forums, online at executiveforums.com. We spoke via Zoom early last year. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.